Welcome everybody to the Vegan Champion Podcast. Today's guest, we have Hudson Tarlow. How's it going, man? What's going on? So happy to be here. Dude, it's good to have you. We are two of few TikTok warriors that are out there doing the vegan message on TikTok. We are working together with uh, Anonymous for the Voices, which is how we met. And you are crushing it over on TikTok, not only there, but on Instagram. And are you on YouTube as well? Where, where all are you on social media? Yeah, I'm on YouTube. Yeah. Yes. The, but it's nowhere near the attraction as TikTok because TikTok is just insane. I've been doing YouTube for four years. I have a total, yeah. I'm making a video every week. I haven't skipped yeah. a week, years. I have a total of uh, 30,000 channel views. Uh-huh. And then if I get 30,000 views on one TikTok, I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't Yeah, so the, there's just no comparison. I mean, you might yeah. as well put, that's the way I feel too, man. Because I've just, I mean, yeah, we've both had, we're both seeing what's happening with TikTok right now. And it's super, super cool. And I'm glad that you're, you know, you're a, like, how old are you, Hudson? You're a younger dude. You're what, 18? I'm 18, yeah. 18? Hudson, if you guys don't know Hudson, definitely go check him out. Check out his TikTok videos and YouTube and you know, you're doing lots of outreach, vegan outreach, and you're really just like just getting the vegan message out there. And I know that you get you get a lot of responses. I think you get a lot of hate, but a lot of good response as well. Like you've got a lot of people who are following you and are really appreciating the outreach you're doing, you know, from the vegan side and the non-vegan side, well, yeah, they get upset and they <laughs> they like to comment and, and try to debunk debunk your your videos. But you're doing a great job, dude. I really appreciate all the work you're you're putting out there. So, um, tell everybody how you got started with veganism. Were you always vegan? Were you born to a vegan family, or did you did you find it some some at some point? And and when did that happen? Sure. Yeah, I found it just like anyone else from the internet. I was vegetarian so i was actually raised vegetarian in like a vegetarian household and uh, for me the only reason why i was vegetarian was just because my family was so i never had it was just like a personal choice diet like oh yeah you know i'm vegetarian you know my family is never really thought much of it and then uh, what happened was yeah i was on youtube and the first guy i found was joey carbstrong he was the first person i watched who really laid out the moral imperative for veganism and then it kept like, you know, it was like a bell ringing in my head again and again. And I got more and more videos recommended. And then the trigger that made me do it is I found a guy on YouTube called The Vegan Activist. Uh-huh. And he had like a hundred videos and I watched like every single one. I watched them for like nine hours straight. And I went from the beginning being like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to go vegan. It's inspiring, but not for me. And then at the end, I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm going vegan. And yeah. So just like everyone else, the internet is how... I became vegan. That's really cool. So you were just growing up and you were sort of just, it was normal to be vegetarian in your family. That was just how you were raised. But then there was this difference. And when you started learning about all the vegan stuff, how did your family, like how has your family responded to it since? Because I mean, a lot of people, you know, maybe if, if they're not vegan, they don't really appreciate just sort of how different, uh, you know, being vegetarian and being vegan is. So how has your family's like response been to that? At first, it was negative. They were like, no, there's no way. Can me, you're not, you need protein, you need eggs, you need dairy. So there's no way you're giving those up. Because even though I was vegetarian, it's funny because I had more dairy and more eggs to make up for the supposed. I lack. did too. I went, for, I went vegetarian for like a year yeah. when I was 14. 
and and I, I I was so convinced that I needed to eat more milk and eggs because yeah yeah that's kind of yeah we're just so brainwashed right yeah and uh, so yeah but then I just I don't, I'm not even sure if I convinced them but I just like did it I just was like no I'm not gonna listen to you guys and I just did it and then I instantly went from being slightly overweight to being in the best shape of my life mm. and then I instantly lost like 20 pounds and started getting muscle and so then my parents were like all right well clearly we were wrong about that and then my uh, mom <laughs> just admitted just that yeah. easily oh that's, yeah, that's so, good, so my um so then my sister she just ended up going vegan after i did she was like okay yeah may as well and then sort of my mom my mom was like all right well if my two kids are vegan yeah i'll do it and then my dad he didn't and for years I was just leading by example thinking all right well that's how I'm, I, I shouldn't be too confrontational I don't want to be too pushy and then eventually in 2020 at the beginning of this year I really started to have those tough conversations and at first it wasn't it was tough but then the more I had those conversations the more my dad understood why I was vegan and how important of a thing it was and then in as of like a few months my dad has now been vegan too that's super cool that's uh, it's always so interesting it's always such a topic that people are always really uh curious about is like how to deal with family and stuff like that and so i was i'm always curious to hear how you know people's families are responding to their you know their veganism so when did that happen with you that you that you went vegan so you're vegetarian until what age did you find yeah so it was i went vegan in June 9th, 2017 was the date. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You remember the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> it's, it's sort of, that was the day, but then unfortunately, like two weeks later, I saw at the bottom of the freezer, there was a, like, you know, old um, microwave, like, you know, like pizza bites or something. So I, I ate those and I wish I didn't eat those because now I don't know the 100% exact date, but mm. it was, it's, it's, well, I, I, I remember too, like it's, I think that there was a, t there was a time when like, it was a day that I, I basically like decided I was going to be vegan. And then there were a few, there were like a couple little things within the, the like, you know, weeks and like maybe a couple months following. Like, I remember there was one time I was out after a gig and like, there was nothing open except for pizza. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll have some vegetarian pizza, but like mm -hmm. instantly regretted it, you know, like <clears throat> mine yeah, had yeah. already mine had already been made up and just the circumstances you know threw something at me just to sort of i think just confirm yeah, yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> no, so just, what about when was it for you when did you become vegan i became vegan when i um when i was in second year of university so that was it was like late 2009 and okay, cool. uh, yeah i went vegetarian when i was 14 for a year um, because I was really impacted by the liner notes of Goldfinger, Open Your Eyes, of that, of that album. And, uh, Wait, is Goldfinger 99 Red Balloons? Yeah, they did 99 Red Balloons. Oh, okay, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah but they also, uh, yeah, but they also got this, this wicked album, uh, Open Your Eyes, is all about, I mean, the liner notes were all about animal, like what happens to animals for, you know, all of the nasty things that people do to animals. And I was just so, I was so, in, like, I just couldn't believe it after I read those liner notes. I just couldn't eat meat for a few months, but I had, you know, I eventually went back to eating meat because I, I just felt like so like just the social pressure of just being like the weird one out and like just acceptance and stuff. And, you know, I saw I, there was a point where I was okay. I went back to eating meat for a while, but then 
a few years later in university was when I got like strep throat. I was getting like sore throat all the time. And I was like, why is this happening? So I looked it up and then I realized that, you know, animal products are not good for my health, especially dairy. Like that's to come back to the whole thing about, you know, vegetarian and, and vegan, right? Like I think actually for me, uh, when I went vegetarian, I was like eating so much more cheese, so much more dairy, so much more like eggs to make up for it. And I think that getting those foods out actually probably from a health perspective, where it's actually healthier than I would say the meat. Like if you give up meat, but you go and eat dairy and eggs, I don't, I don't think you're really doing your health uh, that many favors. But if you get rid of yeah. dairy and eggs, like because a lot of people are allergic to dairy, right? And they have all these, these things that are happening to their bodies. So yeah, when I went vegan, that really, really helped like cleared up a lot of my health issues. Like I haven't had that throat infection I used to get all the time. I haven't had it since, you know, 10 years. I used to get it all the time. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was for me and when I went vegan. So when you, you said you saw Joey and then you saw the vegan activist, right? And then you yeah. started really getting fired up about, because you're really like the way that you advocate, a lot of people wish they could advocate like you because you're, you know, you're, you're, you've got a really uh, just rock solid approach. Like you're not, you're not apologetic. And like, I mean, maybe we can talk about, because uh, we both work with AV Anonymous for The Voiceless and you know, you know, Paul, we both know Paul really well. We've had Paul and Asal on the podcast before, probably going to have them on again uh, soon. I'm just trying to smash these out as much as I can. But, but so how, how did you, like, what have you learned since, you know, being vegetarian is normal and then, okay, veganism is important. And then, okay, like I want to like make videos and really like get this message out there. Like what, what is it that, that you've sort of learned on, on that path of, you know, advocating for veganism? What are some things you can share with people? I guess the main thing that I've learned when it comes to all of this is how important it is to place yourself in the animal's position because no matter all of these steps before I was vegan, I wasn't placing myself in the animal's position. I was thinking from my point of view where sure I could try to justify it cause I'm not the victim. I'm not the one being harmed and abused. And then I had to think from the animal's position and be like, wait, that's not right. I'm, uh, there's a victim to my choice and then that's what led me to veganism and then when i was vegan i wasn't speaking up i wasn't speaking up about this and because once again i was thinking from my point of view like oh it's a bit inconvenient i don't want to be that vegan i don't want to be pushy i don't want to do that stuff and then once again i just had to put myself in the animal's position if i were one of those animals having my throat cut open and being abused what would i want people like myself who have the ability to speak for them, what would I want them to do? And then I became an activist. And then once again, I became an activist and I was promoting baby steps and reduced cetarian. And then I'm like, wait a minute, if I was one of those baby animals being killed for the baby steps that I'm promoting, what would I want people to do? So I think it all just comes down to always placing yourself in the animal's position. Then I think it becomes really clear how you should advocate. And that's what I found has been really helpful for me in always making sure that I am confident in my message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. That's, that's super powerful. I think that that, I mean, when we, when we advocate for veganism with AV, like at the AV events, I really like that about anonymous for the voices is that we, we focus on that kind of outreach where, you know, we're not, I mean, we're not, 
you know, beating around the bush. We're get, it's like you're direct. You're talking about what needs to be talked about and you're not afraid to say what needs to be said. And there's a lot of people out there advocating for eating plant-based diets because they're better for the environment or they're better for health. And like, that's great. You know, nothing wrong with that. But if we're talking about veganism, like why are we skipping over what's happening to the animals, right? We got to remember what's happening to them and we've got to speak up about that. And you definitely do a very good job of that. But, you know, it causes controversy. Like it's, it's not that controversial to tell people that eating fruits and vegetables is good for you. It's not that controversial to say that like, you know, factory farming is bad for the environment, but it is controversial and it causes a lot of, you know, friction with people when you start identifying, you know, the moral like injustice that's, that's, that's taking place here. So you get a lot of, you know, people firing back comments and, you know, obviously, you know, your family, I mean, you might say you're in, you know, your family's, you know, pretty supportive of you in this, I think as mine is and like, you know, um, but there's, you know, there's always friends and other people out there in society. Like how have you found it being vegan and being such a, like a vocal vegan, um, you know, in, uh, well, actually you are homeschooled. Is that right? I'm homeschooled this year because of uh, over, last summer, Paul Nassau but, offered me the jobs and I had to homeschool okay, that, so, this is my first year homeschooling. Though. Oh, okay. So before that, so, so, I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to think about, you know, interactions you're having with people who are non-vegans and, you know, how, how do you sort of navigate the non-vegan world that we live in? you know, knowing the things that you know and advocating the way that you advocate, like, are you advocating to every, everybody, like all your friends, all your, like everybody you meet, are you like in real life? Are you very outspoken or is it, do you sort of save it for social media or how do you approach that? Yeah. So I'm just trying to think, um, lately now that I've been homeschooled like this past year, I've just been, you know, working around the clock, doing a full-time job while trying to complete high school so the only time I'm ever really out is when I'm out at, at a cube or when I'm going to the gym. Uh, when it came to, you know, here's what I, I wish I could say yes. I wish I could say I was always Mr. Like direct in the, how I am on the streets. In this world, we're so conditioned to, to pander to animal abuse and to let excuses slide that I'm, I'm not perfect. So that's the first thing I want to say. I wish that I was 24 seven, always just holding people accountable because that's what the animals deserve. Mm. And uh, I am a hypocrite because if I were in the animal's position, I would want people like myself to be doing that. I haven't yet just because uh, I think it's human nature to care what other people think of you, you know? And m the majority of the time, uh, lately I have been, like I've just been holding people accountable, but like, you know, there are some times where I, for example, like, um, just, uh, I was in traveling in New Zealand, um, right before this pandemic, I had to come home early, uh, but, um, with, uh, with another guy who works for AV, um, and we were in hostels and, uh, when we were staying in the hostels in the first few days, every time I had a conversation, I was holding people accountable, you know, like being direct, like, you know, saying like, this is animal abuse. And then it just sort of like, it's draining. You know what I'm trying to say? It gets to you. Yeah. And then I remember like the last day when we were leaving, someone said they're, they're like vegetarian. And I'm just like, cool. Like, cause it's, it's hard, you, you know, <laughs> it's like, it go. like, you don't want to have, it's, it's like you said, it takes it, energy. It takes energy to, to have these conversations. It, it does. does. It, so it's like, I, I am at the point where I, I, my goal is to always just keep working and being more effective. Yeah. And, um, you have you to know, choose I, your moments. I think, you know, you got to choose your moments. You can't, you can't win them all. You know, you got to yeah. choose your battles, I think. 
Yeah. So I, what I would say is I always hold people, people accountable and uh, I, at the same time I'm human and uh, it's just human nature. You want to be liked by the pack or else you're going to be isolated and then the, the tribe is going to leave you. Right. So yeah. as it's like, I'm always doing my best, but I, I also don't want to portray this image that like 24 seven, I'm like, always just on the streets holding people accountable like but it's but you know it's that my goal is to get to that point my goal is to get over those fears and get to that and that's something that i've been definitely improving on over like the past year especially since joining av um but you know i'm i'm still working on it that's cool man that's cool yeah you gotta you've got you've got your your goal in mind and you're not you know you're not i I like it man You're, you're really you're such a you know, you're not fronting, you're not fronting and trying to say that you're, that you're perfect. You know, you're, you're, uh, you're letting us see where you're, where you're at and what you, what you think, which is super cool because yeah, man, nobody's perfect. And it's friggin' it's hard to, to be, you know, going against the, this is what I always say, man, is that like the hardest part of being vegan is you're going against the grain of society. You're going against like what everybody does and thinks, and you're just, you're, you know, that's, that's for sure the hardest part about being vegan but then the second the like the flip the flip coin of that is like that's nothing compared to how hard it is to like what's happening to the animals going back to what you were saying before putting yourself in the animals you know in their shoes and looking at things from their perspective right um but but it is you know we are human and i think that um you know i i it doesn't look like you're beating yourself up for not being perfect and that's good i'm glad to see that because yeah we are all only human and of course um, you know, if we look at it from the animal's perspective, they want people like yourself who are so effective at speaking up for them to be sustainable in, in your effort. They don't want you to burn out and then not, you know, be able to do what you're doing. So you gotta, you gotta walk this road of life with, uh, with some, I think some, some self-compassion, some compassion for yourself and some of the challenges that you take, but man, you're doing a, you're doing a wicked job. And I think, I'd like to know more about what you, what you think about when you're creating content. Like if you have some advice for, for vegans who are out there and let's say maybe they, they wish they could do more, they wish they could maybe do more social media content. Walk us through your process a little bit. So where do you get you know, inspiration from or video ideas? Like just can you t- talk a little bit about your process for creating content? Yeah, I think my process and the best tips I'd give is to not overthink it and just do because for me when I first became wanting to do activism when I first wanted to become an activist I was always looking at these Joey Carbstrong videos and these Earthling Ed videos and these very high production things where the people have all this stuff. So I'm like, oh shoot, my God, like I gotta order this. I gotta research all these cameras. First I gotta order a camera. I gotta research into the lighting. I gotta buy some lights. I gotta research into this, research into that. And then I'm like, I gotta like write this whole script. And I, and I did all of that. And then I got all this like equipment and then I'm like, wait, I still have like no idea what to talk about. And then it hit me. I just gotta throw all that stuff out the door and just make just like if I, I get an idea okay like literally my process now is when it comes to tiktok for example i'll just think of like hmm like what's something i could make a tiktok on um uh, how about like uh, how about the dairy industry i'll just grab my phone boom all right make a tiktok on the dairy industry 
and like that's that i don't even overthink it and then sometimes if i'm just like i, I won't even bother adding any text or anything like no filter just film it i don't even watch it back and i just post it and uh, that's the advice that i give because it's so easy to get caught up and that you need all of this fancy equipment you need a whole long speech and you have to do years of research and all this memorization do you know a guy named gary v yeah oh yeah I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan yeah. yeah. So Gary, somebody was like, Gary, I really want to do live streams like you're doing, but I, you know, I'm poor. Like I live in, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't have enough money. And then he's like, what? He's like, you want to do live streams like me? He's like, you want to see what my tripod is? And he pulls out from his tripod and it's a banana. He's using <laughs> a banana peel that he like molded into like, a, <laughs> like a three legs. For his, like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Just... So he was interviewing Gary V. If you don't know who Gary V is, he's an entrepreneur. He's worth over $200 million. He has 7 million followers on Instagram. He was doing his live stream with a banana as a tripod. So that just goes to show that you don't need any fancy stuff. Like right now, if you have a phone, just whatever you want. Like, I don't know, whatever is bothering you in the world when it comes to this. If you're like, just whatever you feel like needs to be changed when it comes to this. If you think more light needs to be shed on a specific industry or a specific practice or if you think you have a specific way of conveying this message, just get out your phone and then just make. And like we were, me and Jason were saying earlier, if you're wanting to make content right now, I would say focus 90% of your time on TikTok because mm. that is the place where you can be a, like have no following, no nothing. And then within, so there's some people within 24 hours, they have a million followers and then the next big thing. So, so, yeah. so for just going back, cause I mean, for you, it's easy to say, I just get it. I just get an idea about making a video about the dairy industry and then I just make a video. So like for a lot of people, they, that's, it's like, well, wait a second, how did that all go down there? But, and then you're, but you're not overthinking it because I think to, to you, it's, I mean, maybe you've, you seem to have some talent, like you, you do, like you do really great material. So maybe it's not as easy for other people to just, you know, make a video. But I think that what you're saying about not overthinking, you know, the project, the production and all the, you know, the equipment and everything like that. Like if you overthink that, it's like, well, hang on. Why are, why are people overthinking that? And I think that comes to the, the fear of what are people going to think about this? Right. I think yeah. that's what, I think most people like everybody's probably had a video, like, or sorry, had an idea for a video that they could, that they, you know, they could make and they didn't make it. And why didn't they make it? It's not because they necessarily didn't understand how to produce the video. That process, they could have probably figured it out, but they convinced themselves somewhere along the way that if they made that video, somebody might leave a nasty comment or somebody might see it and think you know, that, that they're stupid or whatever. I think that's really what's at the core of it. So how do you, how do you avoid, I mean, like you said, you, you'll post video. You won't even look, look at it. Like, when it's uploaded, like you want to, you don't even care. So how did you get to that stage where you just, I mean, I can see, I can, I can sense it from you that you, you don't really care what people think. Like, am I right in sensing that from you that you you don't really put that much value on, you know, other people's opinions? Yeah. I don't even, the negative comments, I don't even care when I look at them on TikTok and even the positive comments, they're, they're cool to see, but at the same time, I don't overvalue when I get a super positive comment, because just in general, I think what it comes down to is that you have to be, if, if you, for example, if you're overvaluing the positive comments too much, then when you get a negative comment, you're gonna be really upset because you're valuing outside validation. 
I think what it really comes down to and something that I've just been working on just, you know, self-development is just not worrying about any outside opinions, whether it's good or bad and just in your head, just staying confident when it comes to your message. And for me, the way I've already done that is just by thinking about what the animals are going through and just always going from there. Right. Yeah. I guess it's, it's two sides of the same coin, right? If people are leaving good or bad comments, like how much do you value the comments? If you're, (laughs) if you're too caught up in, Oh yeah, I got all these good comments on this video then what are you going to think? You're going to think that, oh, now, now you have to make another video like that. And so you lose, yeah, your, exactly. you lose your creative uh, freedom because you feel like you're always trying to make something for what people like. Like this is something that I struggle with for sure. You know, you, I make a video speaking a bit of Thai and like has nothing to do with veganism and it does, <laughs> it does really well on TikTok. It's like, okay, now do I have to make all these Thai videos that are, you know, silly and don't have a vegan message, but it's like, no, like I want to make videos about veganism. So I'll keep making the videos that maybe they only get a few hundred views or whatever. And it, maybe it flops or whatever, but I still wanted to make that video. And I didn't think too much about whether people would like it or not. I made it cause I wanted to make it. So I think that's, that's really, you just got to put the blinders on, right? You got to just do your thing. And yeah, uh, like let let the chips fall where they may like i mean do you it seems like you enjoy the process too that's another thing too is like for you video is your chosen sort of you know creative uh outlet like your 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 preferred uh media right whereas not everybody maybe wants to make videos maybe some people want to do podcasts or they want to write or they want to you know do photos or whatever and that's all that's all good too but you just you can take some of the things that hudson that you're saying here and uh and people can people can apply that to their other their other mediums so um yeah that's something that i um one last thing to add if you're back on the other point like what if you have any tips on how to create stuff something that you just brought up that reminded me is uh, think about what you're already interested in everybody is interested in something no matter who you are you have some sort of niche that you enjoy doing or that some sort of content that you like consuming so if you find yourself that you're never on YouTube and you don't really know what these YouTubers are saying, but you're always on Instagram looking at, um, I don't know, all these meme pages or something. They're <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you're always on like, you know, Twitter or whatever, or you're always like doing whatever, or you're always like writing songs or something. Like my advice would be to mesh what you are already into, into vegan activism. That way you'll never feel like you're, doing work you're just gonna feel like oh you're just having some fun you're just doing your hobby and you're that also happens to be speaking up for animals so for example i've seen a lot of people who i follow on instagram who have i don't even know what they sound like because they've never made a video but they're really talented artists and they're really talented graphic designers or painters or sketchers or whatever um or musicians and then they write songs about animal liberation they make really powerful graphic designs or paintings about, you know, animals in slaughterhouses or something. Yeah. And um, that's something, if someone told me to go make a painting, I'd be like, dude, that's going to be like 50 years. I'm going to procrastinate on it. I'm never going to do it. So you, that might be how you're feeling with video. You just don't enjoy talking from the camera. That's just not your thing. And it doesn't have that. So I think that's something that activism, there isn't just some like the set mold you have to follow. I'd recommend finding your interests and, figuring out how you can blend that into activism. For sure, man. For sure. We need people doing all kinds of stuff. If everybody was doing the same thing, it wouldn't work, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, man, for sure. 
So what else, uh, what else do you want to share with people today? Do you have any more advice? I mean, for, we've got some good advice, I think for, um, for content creation and for, you know, getting active, um, and some, some good advice for, yeah, just sort of dealing with some of the opinions and, or not caring, not, I guess it's not dealing with them. It's just not caring about it. It's not worrying yeah. about what, what people think. What, yeah. um, what, what, I'm gonna, what, one other thing I'll add is like, I do like, I'll read it, you know, and, and I, I, I respect it. Like I'll read the, I'll get these messages and I really like hearing what people have to say for feedback. It's one thing when people are just even like bacon emojis or something, but sometimes people send me a message that's very constructive and very well written. I'm like, you know, I really appreciate that. That actually is going to help my advocacy because, you know, I never thought about that. Or yeah, I should explain it like this. That's going to be more effective. And I really appreciate that too. And when I get positive messages, you know, I appreciate them and I'll listen to it. But then the thing is, I don't let that bring me down into a negative state. So I think it's good, you know, don't just like be like, I'm never listening to anybody, but at the same time, don't overvalue it to the point where it brings you down and makes you sad or to the point of where your happiness is relying off those positive messages, but you can still read them. You can still respect them and you can still take inspiration from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the next level too, is to be able to not have to just totally ignore what everybody's saying, but actually to, you know, have the, the sort of, uh, I guess, humility to just, you know, take that and, and, you know, hear what people have to say and take that constructive criticism, you know, put the, put the ego to the side and just say, Hey, here's some, here's somebody who's, who's trying to help me, uh, to do what I do better. That's, that's the best case scenario, right? If you have somebody who's, um, who's who's genuinely trying to help then that's then that's really good so um so what what do you think is the current state of let's say everybody under 20 the the under 20s in the world right now people who are under 20 years old do you think that we have a chance of getting mass numbers of young people to go vegan right now i would say if we keep advocating the way, oh, shoot, my uh, camera stopped. Let me start my camera. <laughs> right now, the way that we're advocating, I think that we don't. Because if we, as a movement, keep advocating as, you know, vegan, it's this cool diet. You lose some weight. It's like mm -hmm. when, you, when you conflate it with things like the environmental movement and, uh, that's that has its time and place you know but when we project veganism as anything except justice for animals i think that is very unattractive for people like my age like me i'm not a nutritionist i don't really care uh, you know if somebody wants to eat junk food so right now i'd say given that the majority of our movement is not promoting animal rights in this direct justice for animals approach and speaking up about animal abuse I feel like right now the majority of the population is not moving towards veganism. If you just look at the stats in 2019, more animals were killed than ever before in slaughterhouses across the world. And uh, that's an unfortunate thing to think about. I think that as activists, we should use that and as vegans, we should use that to just take that as a wake up call that we got to be pushing this message 
and that we have to stop caring about what other people are going to say if we're too direct when more animals are being murdered and tortured than ever before. So it can be, we could use it as two ways. We use it to let us down and be like, man, you know, this sucks how these more animals are being killed. So therefore veganism is declining in the world because while it is going up in some Western countries, like, you know, US, Canada, in Asian countries, you know, it's uh, veganism is dropping, but we can also use it to fuel our activism. Be like, okay, now is the year 2020, especially given our current situation when everyone's on social media, this is the time when I'm going to get on social media and spread that message. So I think that right now we're not at the point where veganism has that domino effect, which I think is even further motivation for why we should keep speaking up about this. Yeah. I think, I don't know if, I don't know if veganism is necessarily, you know, on, on, on a decline in, in, in like non-Western countries, like in more developing countries, but it's more so that they're eating more meat. Right. Like, that's, like, yeah, that's like countries like countries like China, like there actually is, you know, there's fair, there's a fair vegan movement in China. Uh, from, from what I hear, I don't, I don't know it. And in, in like, I'm not that close to what's happening in China and veganism, but um, you know, there's a, there's a fair amount of people who are vegan in China. And I think that that number in, in probably, it probably is growing in China. But the thing is all the people who are not vegan are eating, you know, more and more meat in, in these developing countries and, you know, all animal products. So that, that is that's the reason why we're still seeing increase in you know the number of animals that are killed in slaughterhouses even though the vegan movement is growing like we do see more people that are going vegan and you know more plant-based options and stuff like that but i definitely hear what you're saying about people sort of yeah it's it's more it's it's a lot more comfortable for people to advocate for plant-based diets for the purpose of health and for the environment and i agree that it would be really good if i mean if you think of all the people think of all the instagram models and the youtubers and like all the people who are you know talking about smoothies and 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 how you know it's gonna make you lose weight and all that and like that okay that's great but like imagine if attached to all of those posts was like a real solid animal rights message like if 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 that was get if that was in the vocabulary of of a lot of the you know the influencers out there a lot a lot of people are shy to 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 speak about that a lot of people i've seen some influencers like specify that they're you know they're they're plant-based for health and and not you know go go out of the way to say not vegan for you know just just to make sure that was me even um i remember at the week of truth in new york city last july uh we i I got there it was an eight-day event with if you don't know it was a cube of truth activism event for eight days straight 12 hours a day and on a few days earlier i was like you know hearing all these people like they're saying uh, we shouldn't be using the word vegan and i fell into that trap i'm like oh yeah okay that makes sense yeah i should say like plant-based you know i should steer away from the vegan word it might might be too intimidating i don't want to come across a lot of people for the the first few days and so this thing paul bashir was there and for the first few days i was avoiding using the word vegan and i was saying oh do you think you might try some plant-based foods and i think paul bashir heard my outreach conversation and he was like hudson what are you doing and i was talking to him and he's like yeah you should always say the word vegan we have to normalize this and so i'm i'm totally guilty of that too because it can it's very tempting to fall into that mindset that Oh, I don't, we don't want to 
preach that word vegan, we should just say plant-based and ask people if they might consider some, you know, meat-free options. But yeah, I think it's really important to make this definition of veganism really clear that it's about the animals. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I still use, I will use the, the, like, if I'm, if I'm talking about a diet, um, yeah, I mean, you could say vegan diet, but you know, people who, people who, who say that they eat a vegan diet for health, but they're not vegan for ethical reasons, I would say they're just not vegan. They're eating a plant-based diet, right? Like when we say you're vegan, that means like it, you're taking like an ethical stance on, on the issue. Like it's that, that's what being vegan is, but you can be a non-vegan eating a plant-based diet. Like I think that's what I saw in somebody's Instagram. I remember seeing it. It's like, a non-vegan eating a plant-based diet, like just to clarify, just want to make sure that people don't think that the person is, is, you know, vegan for the animals. And the reason that they, they feel like they have to clarify that I'm sure is because it's such a controversial thing and they wouldn't want like, you know, people in the comments, you know, it's like, cause people get so upset. If people say, Oh, I'm just eating plant-based diet because it's, it's good for my health or, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm eating plant-based diet because it's good for the environment. You get less pushback. But when you talk yeah. about it, when you talk about the animals, that's when you get all the, that's when you get all the pushback. So, um, yeah, that's why I think it's so important to, I think that just goes to show how important it is to talk about the animals. If it's I such think so too. a elephant in the room, yeah, it's so just obscure. Like, Oh, nobody wants to talk about the animals. Let's just keep it on health and environment. Mm-hmm. Same thing when you, all these people like Simon Cowell, you know, um, uh, you know, all these celebrities or whatever there, you always hear, on plant-based news and they're kind of like, oh, blah, 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 it's going vegan for their health. Oh, it's going vegan for the environment. It's so rare. Who do we have that's vegan for the animals? Joaquin Phoenix and Lewis Hamilton. There's like two celebrities that are vegan for the animals. And even them, they're get, they get so much hate. You know, people will criticize them. Yeah. So, I, 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 think there, I think there probably are more who are vegan for the animals, but, but they're afraid to speak up about it because of this yeah. very reason, right? Yeah, that's very true. So that's why I'm really passionate about promoting this message because I want to normalize that. I want to normalize, especially for young people being vegan for the animals. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. Coming, coming back to the, yeah, the question. Cause I, I think that, I mean, I don't think, I think people would generally agree with me that in general, you know, the younger somebody is, the more likely they're still forming belief systems and stuff like that. Like you're more, it's easier to have a young person think about these issues in a way that they're, they're, they're actually able to, to change their mind. Like the older somebody gets, the more, the more concrete those beliefs become and, and the more difficult it is for people to sort of look honestly at some of the things that they might believe and that might, that might not be serving them or serving, you know, the, the, the greater good, right? Like people who are, who are older, uh, it's, I, I think it's harder to have them change their minds, but younger people, I hope, I mean, I always have a hope that, that, um, you know, one of these days there's going to be like this, I don't know, this revolution where people just wake up and, and realize what's going on. Like, and I think that it's, you know, we are working towards it. Like it is going in that direction. Like I, I, I remain positive with all the, you know, the people that I do see going vegan and I, and I just always, um, you know, I'm always really, I'm just super curious what, what you think about the whole thing. And that's, that's interesting that you think, the emphasis well i mean i guess it's 
it's to be expected because I mean, I know you and I know the way you advocate is that you, you do value that, that, that aspect of, you know, speaking up about the animals and, and making it really um, getting rid of the stigma attached to speaking up about the animals. I'm with you on that a hundred percent. And I think that veganism, if you try to, if you try to sell veganism as a, as a solution to all of your health problems, guess what? It's not health is about a lot more than just your diet. And mm-hmm. I mean, even being diet, you can be a, you can be a, a junk food vegan, right? And that's not going to be healthy. It might be, yeah. it might, might be slightly healthier than being a junk food, you know, non-vegan, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not a solution to health being vegan. And the same thing with, uh, with the environment will, will switching to a plant-based diet or a vegan diet, will that lower your, your environmental footprint? Probably. But does it solve the problem? No. The problem that veganism solves is, you know, this injustice that's happening to animals. And it has a lot of other good effects on other problems as well. But that's really the, the main issue that we're trying to tackle, right? And yeah, I, think, I think if people see that, if people see it for what it is, and that's, this is the thing, that it, pulling back the curtain so that people can actually see what's going on to the animals that's that's the controversial part right because the reality is everybody's paying for what's happening behind that curtain behind the walls of that slaughterhouse every everybody except for the vegans right everybody's paying for that so that's why it's so controversial to say hey look at what's going on here let's talk about this yeah, yeah everybody totally. is participating in it and and they get people get defensive so um that you know it's that's why it's so hard to speak up about but but how can we do this, Hudson? And I, I, I want you to give me the answer, but I don't expect you to have it because it's a hard question. But what do you think? You know, what do you think we can be doing like, to get people to want to rethink what they're doing and, and to actually take this seriously? Like, what can we do more than just talking about the animals? Because I know that. Like, do you think that there's some secret sauce in the way that we should be talking about it? Or do you think it's just a matter of simply everybody needs to be speaking up as much as possible and just sheer numbers of people speaking about it? Or is there some, you know, trick? What, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I wish there, I, if there is a secret sauce, I wish that I knew it. Because <laughs> then I'd be doing it right now instead of doing this podcast. I'd be out giving yeah. people to go vegan left and right. Uh, I think, think that what it comes down to, and I'm always learning more and more, but so far what I found is that a lot of it comes down to, and the huge majority of it comes down to if who you're speaking with is willing and ready to hear what you have to say. You can't just go up with like a megaphone and just like yell in someone's face. You know, you have to be respectful. You have to let the other person talk. You have to, you know, know what you're saying. You have to have done, you know, some your, your research. So you do, there is some technique that is involved. You can't just, you know, be a jerk to someone. At the same time, at the same time, there's very little that you can say to a very close-minded person that's going to get them to just instantly become vegan. So what I found is, in my experience at least, I've had a lot of times when I'm at a cube of truth doing outreach where I'm, where it's like a you know three-hour cube for the first hour and a half back to back, just awful conversations, back to back, awful, awful. Nobody's listening. They're telling me I'm too extreme, just awful, worst day of my life. And then the second hour and a half is 
somebody, the first person tells me, oh my God, you just changed my life. I'm going vegan right now. And I'm using the same exact approach. And then for the next hour and a half, I have 10 more conversations. People are so thankful. They're like, how can we donate to this organization? How can I join? Like, thank you so much. And then, you know, they'll connect on Instagram. They'll send me a DM a week later saying, I just want to tell you how grateful I was for that conversation. So what I've really learned, the more I've done this, and I've really tried to analyze this, like what could I, because I film all my outreach too. So I'm always able to watch it. And I see that I'm always on those times. I'm doing the exact same approach. And within the same, with a matter of 10 minutes and I'm one person, they're telling me I've changed their life. The other person they're walking off calling me an idiot. So what I think it, like you said about the numbers, just it's a lot more of a numbers game than it is about saying the some magic recipe out of your mouth. Right. The technique is very important because there are a lot of times when you will like I'm always analyzing my technique. I change it a bit up every cube. So I, I'm, I always, I'll spend like hours, you know, watching my stuff, figuring out new techniques. So I think that's very important. So, but I also think that there's no amount of technique that you can use on a closed minded person. And mm. with, with, a, with a lot of open-minded people, you could practically say anything as long as you're talking about veganism. And if they're open and if they're ready, they'll be like, Oh cool. I'm on board. Let's do it. So yeah, I think that, and all that kind of takes some pressure out of it. So for me, I remember I used to get really nervous when I go to cubes. My heart rate would go up a ton when I would do outreach, when I was having conversations at the gym, when I was having conversations with friends, my heart rate would always go up like crazy because I was thinking about all these things. If they say this, I got to do this and all this stuff. And the more I've kind of taken a step back and just more, just try to just, I don't know, just talk like a normal person and just not overthink it and just speak from my heart and understand that some people are just closed-minded they won't listen and some people are just open-minded and will instantly listen it's made it a lot easier so when it comes to what approach should you be doing what i'd say is i just first just speak from your heart see where that takes you and then while always keeping the animals into consideration and never compromising on that message by promoting you know lifestyles that are going to result in them being harmed and then just go from there and you'll be able to tune it yourself and find what you feel is effective for the animals and uh, really i just wouldn't overstress it because th- what i found is that there's the, overstressing is the, is then going to result you into like stuttering and just wasting a lot of energy when when some people are just not willing to listen and then other, when and you could be using that time to go find other people who will, will just instantly listen yeah yeah i think a lot of people put put a lot of pressure on themselves to turn other people vegan, right? And exactly what you're saying is super important to keep in mind that some people are ready for it and some people aren't. And like, you know, there's only so much you can do. And, it's, and that's not to say, I really like the way you put that. It's not to say that technique doesn't matter and you shouldn't be trying to be as effective a communicator as, as you can be, right? Like you want to try to do the best you can but you got to accept that like, Hey, there's like, there's two sides to every conversation. And if somebody doesn't go vegan, that does not mean that you're a failure. Right. Um, so that's, that's important to keep in mind. And, uh, that's, I mean, it's easy if you're doing just street outreach and this is some random person you're, you're never going to see again, but that pill is a lot harder to swallow if that's your partner or your mom or your brother, or you know, somebody who just, you're, you want so badly for them to get it and and you know somebody who you want to have in your life you know people put a lot of blame on themselves and they get i think that people get in, into a lot of uh 
yeah, tricky situations where you, you just want so badly to be able to convince somebody to be vegan, but you can't. So I think that's probably the hardest. I mean, if you're, if you're just doing outreach at a cube of truth and you just, you know, it's just a matter of ending a conversation and it's like, okay, see you later. You don't get it. I'll talk to somebody who does, but um, have you, do you have anybody any, or any experiences with, with people who are, you know, let's say close to you in your life and, 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 you know, you feel frustrated because they, they don't get it. And do you have any, any advice for, you know, other people who might be dealing with that kind of a situation? Yeah. A lot of my, you know, I do have friends who aren't vegan and I, you know, our relationships have sort of drifted, you know, just because it is very hard when there's this huge elephant in the room, this huge, like massive injustice that they're contributing to and that you want them so badly to change. And, uh, you know, same thing with family, you know, it is really tough, you know, with like my extended family and stuff, um, just to have a genuine conversation, right? Because it's really hard when you have that sort of relationship where you're going to see them again and again and again. So you, it's hard for you to just completely just toss them out of your life. Exactly. So I don't have any advice because I wish I had advice on that. And then my, my social interactions would be a lot better. <laughs> I, you know, it's like, it's so tough because you, you know, like whenever you, I, you know, I, you always have to say, you know, in outreach, I'm always saying, you know, compare this to any other injustice. Um, it's, you know, obviously if my family members or my friends were child abusers, I would instantly cut off ties with them. I would never speak to them again. Right. So there is that hypocrisy there. And I think that it's because we live in a non-vegan world and it's hard. It's, it's hard to, then it's, you know, it's like, it definitely is hard. Right. So I don't have the perfect solution for that. What I have done when it comes to a lot of my buddies at the gym who are, big meat eaters because I think they need it for muscle or whatever. I've had those tough conversations and then I have found, and I'm not saying this is the right way to go about it, but what I have done is then I'll have those really hard hitting conversations and then back off for a while, you know, then we'll hit the gym a couple more times and you know, we'll just won't bring it up and then I'll have that hard hitting conversation and we back off for a while. And uh, you just kind of got to judge it, play it by ear. I'm not going to tell you that you should instantly drop every person out of your life who isn't vegan and is harming animals. But at the same time, I don't think it's the best thing to make people feel comfortable with hurting animals. So it really is a fine line that I'm still learning myself because I've only been vegan for three years and there's no clear cut answer to this. It's such a tricky situation. What do you think? Yeah, me too, man. I think you, yeah, you made a lot of great points there, dude. You've got, uh, you've got, I think a really healthy perspective on that. And I agree. Like there's no, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky. It's, you, you gotta walk that everybody, everybody's got to choose where they're going to fall on that. Some people do the, you know, the liberation pledge and they're never sitting at tables that, you know, have anybody eating any non-vegan food and they're really, they're walking that line a very, uh, you know, in a very sort of, um, commendable way in a way that you know i really respect but i understand that not everybody is able to just 
Yeah. Hey, dude, I didn't know you took the Dude, that is awesome. I didn't know you Yes, took I, I haven't had any interact. I, I just took it recently. I haven't actually had NGN any, so I can't speak from any experience. So we'll see how it goes. For, for people who are maybe listening and, and can't see, so Hudson, hold it up again so people who are watching can see. So yeah, Hudson so has, uh, uh, this thing right here, yeah, the Liberation Pledge. Basically what it is, is that... So you've you, got a fork. It's like a fork that you've, that you've folded. Yeah. <laughs> so it's this fork bracelet. And basically what it means is that if you take a pledge, then you won't sit at a table with products that come from animal, animal abuse, just like how you wouldn't sit at a table where slaves are serving you. You wouldn't sit at a table where there is a dead human being served. It's that same, just extending those values to animals. And... Uh, I, the reason why I took it is because I feel like it can, I haven't had too many interactions yet. I just took it recently in 2020. So my goal is that when people invite me out for lunch or something, some friends or whatever, I, my goal is that I'll say, Hey, so I'm taking this pledge. I'm not going to sit at, where I don't sit at tables that involve products of animal abuse. I would love to go to a vegan restaurant with you and you can get some dope vegan food. Uh, there's this great restaurant here if you want to join me that way then it's not isolating them and they'll be like oh yeah okay i'll try that vegan food they'll come they'll try some really good vegan food see how good it is you're both eating vegan meals so then it's a lot easier to have that conversation because there's not like a dead animal right there while you're trying to talk about it and then it can lead to a much more smooth outreach conversation because it doesn't feel nearly as like guilty when you have that dead animal right there so yeah i'm gonna see how it works see how it plays out and something I've been wanting to try for a while. Keep me updated, man. Let me know how it goes. I know if, I know a few people who who have taken that that pledge, and uh, I've definitely thought about it, but I, I have not taken it yet. But that's not to say that I won't someday. But yeah, keep me updated with how that goes, man. Keep me updated. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I actually about like two years ago, I made a YouTube video talking about why vegans shouldn't take it, and mm. so I'm I'm open to like my perspective because at the time I was like, well, at the same time, it is good if you go to a non-vegan restaurant and you get this super good vegan meal that they would have never, if you get like the, you know, beyond burger, with the, you know, vegan cheese and like looks super good. Then your friends are going to be able to see how good vegans eat that they don't just eat salad. So yeah, like I, I don't, it's, I'm going to see how this works and then compare the two, see what I think is more effective. So then just go from there. That's wicked, man. That's wicked. So what else, what else have you got on the horizon now? I know that it's, it's kind of hard to, think about what's coming next with this whole COVID-19 thing, but what, uh, what's in this? Cause you were supposed to be going around with, uh, with Paul and Asal and doing all these, you know, going around the world touring and, and doing all these AV events anonymous for the voiceless cube of truth stuff. And now we can't really go out and, you know, have big gatherings of people and talk in big crowds. That's, that's not happening. So you're, Video editing from your home, I guess, is the is the plan for the indefinite future. Well, I guess your new home, right? You're moving out to, to New York. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, so, yeah, I'm basically back in January before this, any of this even started. My family decided that they're going to relocate to Long Island, New York. And uh, I am just kind of seeing where things are going to take me. I Now that I'll be on the East Coast, I might be i was on the phone with my sister earlier today i might be moving to rhode island because my sister lives there um and now that she may need a roommate because um you know her 
roommates are moving back with their family, given all the, all the stuff. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think I'm like every other person on planet earth right now, who knows what the future is looking like and uh, we'll just see what happens. I think it's, it's definitely scary at the same time though. It's not because every single person in the world is going through this. So it would have definitely been awesome to travel with Anonymous of the Voices. We had planned to go to around like 15 countries and I um, had never traveled anywhere outside of like, uh, you know, North America. So I was really looking forward to that, going to Europe and stuff. I could look at it as glass half empty, but I'm so grateful that I was able to go to Australia and New Zealand for a month and just see how beautiful those places were and uh, if this thing happened a month earlier i wouldn't have been able to do that so i'm really grateful for that and uh, those were the two places that i was looking forward to the most um and yeah i mean i'm sure i can always go back to europe at some point you know and do some activism but yeah we'll just see where everything takes me just like everyone else in the world it's kind of uncertain right now that's awesome, man. You've got, you've got such good perspective, dude. You've got, you've got a great attitude and you're doing awesome content. And I think we've uh, given people some good, good advice and some good things to think about in this, uh, in this little podcast we've done here. Is there anything else you wanted to say where, or maybe you can let people know where, where they can find you online and stuff. What's, what's all your, your handles on TikTok and all that. Sure. Yes. Yeah, so you can find me on all social media, just Hudson Tarlow. And uh, my last bit of advice, I'm sure Jason would agree. If you're not on TikTok, right now is the time to get on TikTok. This is, I've, I've, I've noticed, I feel like, especially in this pandemic, just so many more people are on it. I keep seeing on my free page more and more celebrities getting on it. Everybody's bored out of their minds. Everybody's getting on it. And pretty soon the attention is going to dry out. You're going to have to be competing with, you know, Starbucks and Justin Bieber and all these people. So right now is still, we're still in that early stage. So if you're listening to this and you're wanting to speak up for animals and even just anything, if you're wanting to do anything online, TikTok is the place to be. So yeah, Jason, I'm sure you'd agree with that, but <laughs> I second that. I second that notion, man, for sure. For sure. Awesome. Well, thanks so much Hudson for, for coming in and talking with me today and for sharing some of your uh, insights and, uh, and yeah, I, I really uh, enjoyed talking to you, dude. Let's do it. Let's do it again sometime. Oh, I'd love to do this. Yeah. This is epic. This is one of my first podcasts. So this is super fun. Wicked. All right, man. Make sure you go check out Hudson, everybody, and we'll see you next time on the vegan champion podcast. Peace out.